Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is Matt Knowles. That's Brian McElfish. This is the CFB Dynasty Podcast Championship Edition. Wait, no it's not. This is the Loser's Bracket Edition because neither me or BMAC are competing in Week 13 in the championships. Last week during Week 12, we all got together, or some of us got together over at BMAC's. We got to uh, get ourselves some brisket. It was me along with three of the four guys that were in the playoffs. And uh, BMAC was the only person there that was in the playoffs that suffered crushing, terrible, horrible defeat. BMAC, how are you feeling this week after last week's give out some brisket and lose? So I'm not much of an, uh, an emotional person. I'm just not. Unless it's sports. And fantasy sports is one of those things to kind of bring out the anger in me. Um, you know, I don't punch doors and stuff in my house anymore. Like I did when, uh, Jordan Reed fumbled going into the end zone to, to kind of miss out on the leading score against Georgia back in 2011 or whenever that was, but Gordy comes over to the house. One of the nicest, would you agree? One of the nicest guys. Well, I I would say, I would say one of the nicest guys, but Gordy has now obtained a new nickname because Gordy is one of those kill him with kindness kind of guys. So Gordy, it's Gordy, the hex master Miller, because (laughs) whenever you play Gordy, something crappy happens on your team and Gordy just has a way to be so nice about it. There were so many times last week and he's like, as Brian, if you guys have ever been to, to B max house, it's more like a war room. He had probably, a combined 150 inches of television set set up watching games. Um, Gordy would be like, hey, Brian, the Penn State t- uh, tight end just got a touchdown. Did you see that? Knowing that BMAC had the running back. So it was his way of saying somebody scored and it wasn't you. That was awesome. So it was it was all day long, right? So we, we started, I think uh, the first guy showed up around noon uh right before the games and gordy showed up too so it was all day until i officially lost um which there isn't an official loss so a part of this hex master thing have you ever seen anyone out there seen a fantasy playoff performance where this guy has a combined negative four points from his quarterbacks in fantasy so far. And he's won both games against two of the elite teams, you know, being my team and, and Mike Dillingham's team. He had, uh, he started um, uh, Jaden Daniels with, uh, you know, I think we do this right. I don't know if we've talked about this, but interceptions, fumbles, they matter so much in a regular football game. So we have, uh, we have negative three for an interception. He ended up with a negative seven point some fantasy points. Yep. And then he had Cam Rising, who had like three or 3.4 or something like that. A collective negative four fantasy points. And he's won both games. And this this takes me back to like the fantasy playoff conundrum. Like, how do you just go straight up head to head? Should you have home field advantage? based on who scored the most points during the season or who had the most wins or, or whatever. Um, man, it's so maddening to just lose the game, but yeah, I've, I've got a goal and you know, everybody else might have a, a different goal depending on their scoring system and whatnot. But my goal is 200 points for my, my team. And I, I think I go into uh DraftKings kind of similar sometimes with a different goal, but um, my team scored 134 and yes, it's all day. It's like, Hey Brian, did you see, uh, did you see that Singleton just fumbled? Uh, and then like Katron Allen runs it in. Ooh, at least that was Katron Allen and not Singleton kind of things that you would think, but not say out loud. Oh, but, but he was, he was unfiltered from that regard. Hey Brian, do you want an update? And that became code for his player just caught a catch. He just took the lead. <laughs> 
<laughs> all day long. And by, by the end of it, it had me Googling things like, all right, custom voodoo dolls. How do I turn this on him next year? <laughs> and uh, it was, it was uh, fun and maddening. Nothing went right for me. It, it, it was a sight to behold. It was a sight to behold. Um, as the guy on the outside watching two of the guys that were there in the room with me, knowing they were going to win and watching BMAC, who was the host of the event going down in flames in dramatic fashion. I wanted to be able to enjoy this as well, but um, two things for me, we did bowl, we did pickums in our, I mean, we did uh, for draft picks next year. We said, nobody was going to be able to like lose into a better position in next year's draft. So even the guys in the bottom bracket had to play each other for picks. Um, I came in as a prohibitive favorite in my game. And um, I, uh, you want to talk about the hex? Um, my defense decided to be absolute garbage, and my opponent's defense, he had Penn State. And if you guys watch the Penn State game, Rutgers could not keep onto the ball. They could not keep keep a hold of the ball. Penn State scores three defensive scores, and based on our league scoring, it was a sixty-three to two point differential on defenses that lost Brutal. me the game. All the while, watching, and this this kind of brings us back to something you just heard us talking about, Bmac. Um, just watching NC State on my phone, have an absolutely pathetic junior varsity style game. And um, it used to be where like weeks one and two, everybody would be like, oh, they're going to sit their starters. And you weren't really sure what you were going to get out of fantasy games in one and two. And then there was kind of like that thing, ah, 12 is kind of a frustrating week because you had a lot of teams playing some money games and all that. But I feel like this year more than ever, you saw teams sitting just an inordinate amount of players in week 12 getting ready for rivalry week, week 13. And I feel like that this week compromised the semifinals more than it ever has because the number of players, I mean, Jordan Shipley sat for the vast majority of a game against Miami Will for Shipley, no reason. Yes. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. Will yeah. Shipley. My bad. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I'm just so frustrated that I've called the wrong. <laughs> Will Shipley sat. For so long, unnecessarily in that UM game. And that was just NC State sat seven offensive starters. I mean, they said a lot of them were injured and they probably were. But here's the thing, too, at play that I that I've heard from very, very good um, you know, reporters that there's a lot of teams struggling with players that are sitting because they're just sitting and they're gonna portal here pretty soon. Um, and they, they're just not interested in finishing out the season. This is an issue that, uh, you know, college football fans are going to face. So, man, uh, yeah, so when yeah. you talk about fantasy tiers, you're thinking typically like going into the season, where are you going to draft players? Well, I've got a bunch of fantasy tiers in my reaction, uh, you know, the real kind of tiers here. So looking at my team, yeah, you talk about Shipley. Clemson scored 40 points. You tell me that going into the game, I feel pretty darn good that Shipley's going to have a, a couple touchdowns there. Rasheed Rice, you know, SMU versus Tulane. If you say it's going to hit the over by about 20 points in that game, you got to feel great about Rice. Texas scores 55. Worthy only has two catches. Brock Bowers gets two points. Um, and then another thing, so the Alabama defense very end of the game against Austin P. Uh, Austin P is backed up. They're inside their own 10, uh, second down, trying to throw a pass out of the end zone. And it goes right to a Bama linebacker, right in the chest. And it's a walk-in touchdown, uh, and he drops it. Yeah, that was, so, a, that was a game that was – that was a game the two year like man this is going to be a hundred to nothing game against Austin <laughs> yeah. P. We talked about it last week on the podcast, yeah. and that game was far too close for what you would expect out of a fantasy performance. Alabama versus anybody at that level that that was very disappointing. Just like Alabama's been fantasy wise all year, that that game was as close as it was. Still unable to get that passing game going. Bryce Young ended with twenty points, and that was my quarterback. And just just an all around just a weird disappointing. It's it's really a an end to the season that is that just kind of leaves you deflated. You know, when you go 10 and two in the regular season and then it's just one week, your team sucks and you get knocked out. What do you think about fantasy playoffs in general? Is, is the playoff the right way to determine a champion? Are there any other ways that um, you've seen it done or 
or well, whatnot. I, I feel like, you know, we, we obviously we're in the USA and, and that's how us the USA determines championships in every sport. Um, I feel like you just kind of have to do, it. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not about who the best team is. It's about who plays the best game at the end of the season. It's just, that's always who it is. If you look at um, the winners of the Super Bowl, um, are we even allowed to say that on the podcast? The winner of the big game. Um, and uh, and uh, who is the one who wins that game? It's not always the best team in the league. I mean, you look back to the Buffalo Bills in the, uh, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. They were prohibitively the best team in the NFL, but they go down as the only team in American pro sports history to, to go to and lose four consecutive championships. Um, you look at the Patriots when uh, they lost to the Giants. They were way better than the Giants, but mm -hmm. the Giants got those wins, and the Giants are remembered for that, and the Patriots are remembered for going 18-1. and one. Um, So I feel like there's no real way for us to, to make that determination uh, because if you don't go to that game – then say somebody had, if you just say, Hey, scoring over the season, somebody could have a great first eight weeks and be so far ahead that everybody else is just out of it. Not even. Yeah. I think yet. that sucks when the end of the year, there's, there's nothing. When you just go by points, that does suck. Um, yeah. it's, it's or tough. you don't have a playoff. I think that sucks too. I was trying to propose like a balance in the, in the playoffs with like, all right, so we'll reward, you know, you for the season long, being good for the whole season. Um, I think there needs to be the playoff element, but how do you reward a team for having the best roster? How do you reward them in the playoffs? Yes, you can give them bye week. We do that in our league. That's good. But then do you give them a little bump going into the playoffs against their opponent? Would love to hear what other people have going on in their playoffs if uh, – you know, hit us up on the discord, hit us up on Twitter, but yeah, man, like I was just trying to think of a way you reward because you want to reward the best team. And then of course yeah. have the playoff. Yeah, we would absolutely love it. I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I was going to say the same thing. We would love for you guys on discord. If you're on the discord, you're probably there because you're in a fantasy league. You're probably not there. Um, you're probably, you're probably not there. If you're not in a fantasy league, you're probably, you know, so let us know what you guys are doing. Are you guys still just running a standard playoff? Are you guys trying to bring some other elements in there? What are your pros and cons as well? Because that's one of the biggest things. A lot of the, there's ideas out there that are good, but if you try to implement them, it's kind of like you've tried to fix this thing over here that's broken, but the fix makes it more broken on the other side. Yeah. Um, I don't really know right now if there's a, I don't really know if there's a good, a good fix because like you said, if people are sitting and they're not interested in playing because they don't want to be injured going into the draft season or going into bowl season, um, you know, you, you still have to play the game as far as fantasy goes. Um, but like, like NC State last year, NC State, let me say this is as, this is how this can just show you how crazy this season is. Last week, they were alternating their third and fourth string quarterbacks all game. There is a chance that their fourth string quarterback, Ben Finley, starts this week. If he does, it'll be the first time in NC State history that they will have four different starting quarterbacks in the same season. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a, a a part of it, like you said, is people being unwilling to play. I'm not claiming that MJ Morris or Jack Chambers is unwilling to play, but there's this, um, you know, people aren't playing through injuries as much because they don't want to hurt their draft stock. They don't want to hurt their their uh, their their transfer portal stock. And it's, it's very frustrating because there's not a lot of stuff you can do about that um, with the roster construction the way that it is, um, we're probably going to have to have some some serious talks in our offseason because we have very limited pickups. Uh, we may have to have some talks about that in the offseason because it, it does suck when you've got guys that are just uninterested in playing in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so if you play out the home field advantage type of thing for the fantasy playoffs, like let's just say, and it's just to make a, a round number here, let's just say you reward every every win gets you five fantasy points in the playoff games that you play in. Um, you know, that that would have definitely been the difference in our game because I lost by uh, 11.4. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that um, it would have sucked if we put that, pushed that live and I proposed it and then my team advances because, but that's not the goal here is to do anything to make my team better. It's just to reward the, the best team basically and come up yeah. with a way to kind of do that 
for determining a champion. Like we said, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that too, because we're all in this together. We all have the same length seasons. We may have different rules, but we all want to go in and try to champion at the end. Um, and we want to know what you guys are trying, because you know what? There may be a couple of really good ideas that we all have, but it's not the perfect solution. But if we put all of our ideas together, there might be something where kind of a combination of them may be the, uh, something we could all try out. Um, do you want to make sure we give a shout out here real quick to uh, Doug Gravely? Uh, Doug is the, I want to, well, he's the rookie in our league until he's not the rookie, even though he's been in the league now for a couple of years, he's always going to be the rook. Um, Doug not only is going to the college championship, Doug is one of the top guys in our pro league as well. And one of the things that we always try to do is reward global domination. Uh, the CFB dynasty home league is a college pro full dynasty league where your guys graduate up to your pro team. Uh, Doug came in and has, has got both of his teams at the top. He is right now the prohibitive guy that is right there at the top to be the global domination champ to have, to have a great college team and pro team at the same time is very difficult and more than likely Doug is going to take that home. So big props there to, uh, to Doug to, uh, you know, for, for probably going to be the, uh, the global domination champ. Um, and, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. I think the only way, and I've got an idea for this too. The only way to really make that global domination work, uh, and, and make it to where people care about it is we add a little bit of money to the league fee and the global domination takes home the pot. Whatever yep, that's that what we is. talked about last year. And I think that that's probably what we need to do is because global global needs to mean something. If you have a college pro dynasty, that's the only way to really make that. You got to give an extra reward for global. And um, that's, I definitely think, I think we agreed on it last year at the, at the, the draft meeting too. Oh, so did let's, we? Uh, let's, I think so. <laughs> okay. We have so many things we talked about. Yeah, so many things we talked about. So um, to kind of get back on track. So, um, so uh you talked about everything really that happened last week, other than the fact we did get some brisket. For those of you guys out there, we talk about brisket all the time. Be back. Smoke some brisket. It's another thing that went wrong with my day. So the smoker <laughs> was acting up to um, you know, the the first two and a half hours of the brisket cook. Uh it ran about 40 degrees or so too hot, which you know made it mediocre brisket in the end. It wasn't that melt in your mouth amazing kind of well not melt in your mouth but you know what i mean it wasn't it was a restaurant quality um like it it kind of sucked so uh, <laughs> basically everything went wrong with that day hey but it was but it was still a good way for us to all get together and have some fun it was the first saturday since july that i wasn't either refereeing at one of my daughter's out of town soccer games or at a comic-con so when the invite came out i was like you know what i kind of have to go over there because you know, it might be next July by the time I get to do it again. Yeah, but um, but it was a good time, and it was it was great being able to see uh, to to go. Oh, we we actually got to talk about uh, some of the worst bad beats we've ever had. That's another thing we want you guys to share up there on the Discord. We went through some of the baddest beats that we've ever had. I know that BMAC has lost championships in dramatically bad ways. I've lost championships in dramatically bad ways. Um, I lost uh, I lost a pro game. Um two weeks ago in a dramatically bad way that I'm still salty about. I have the game one in the pros and I've got Devonte Smith, Devonte, the uh, Eagles try to run the uh, Miami miracle play at the end of the game. Devonte Smith throws the lateral that nobody picks up. The Redskins take it in for the score. So I lose my game on Devonte Smith, having a lost fumble at the end of the game. If that was a championship, I don't know. I might be having to go over to BMX house to punch a hole in his wall. But um, we've had some championship games like that. We want to hear from you guys and we're going to hear about your baddest beats and we'll be able to share those things on a future podcast. And we'll talk about future podcasts here in just a little bit. Yeah, and we can talk about some other reactions, some players that probably helped your team advance. So one for Gordy, obviously, going into the night. My, uh, my team was done because my last guy, Tyler Scott, started his game at four, which also kind of sucks. I would rather have, you know, the last shot. But I was only up by, you know, 30 i think going into that game at perry scores 36 um and uh then cam rising for gordy only scored three so it ended up being a really close game uh in our matchup but yeah 10 catches 119 yards three touchdowns for perry one less would have been nice but uh he had a great game also matthew golden 
another great game, uh, surprisingly scoring his best of the year uh, against me. Uh, Tajay Spears, man, Tulane put the beat down on SMU. Um, yeah, that was, that was Thursday, surprising. Thursday that night was game. surprising. 59 uh, to 24. Yo. Um, let's see. Some other players that did really well. One that surprised me was me shooting my own self in the groin by uh, leaving Chase Brown on the bench for Illinois. It's one of those when you look at the data because Illinois just runs the ball and they are really good against the run. So you kind of figure at Michigan, who's really good against the run too. It's like a, you got to sit this guy kind of deal. But Chase Brown, uh, boy, was I wrong. 140 yards, two touchdowns. And if I would have started him in my flex, I would be playing again this week against Doug. But uh, no, I shot myself in the groin there. Um, there's plenty of others that uh, that just tore it up last week. Um, how about, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, so let me go. I'm just going to pull this one thing right up real quick. Uh, Rattler, that game against Tennessee. I watched all of that game. That was insane. Rattler ended up being the high points getter for the week. 65.9 points um, in our league. And there's a little bit of bonuses in there probably. But Jaron Hall also for BYU against Stanford, 64 points. A couple of quarterbacks that you had really high expectations going into the year. Players that were going to be, you know, week in, week out starters in a lot of uh, deep leagues that just didn't pan out. But dang, week 12. If you started them, they killed it. Michael Pratt, too, for Tulane. Raheem Sanders points. for Arkansas. Yep. 232 yards and three touchdowns. That was the difference in uh, in uh, in Doug's game over the venerable Mike Davis. Uh, 50 points out of that performance uh, put him over the top. Yeah, Bijan had a bounce-back game after scoring two. Uh, then he goes for 50. Uh, scored two against uh, the hex master there and then uh, puts up 50.3 last week. The USC UCLA game was a fun back and forth one. A lot of fantasy players uh, in there, you know, Will Rogers had a great game and, and it was just all around, uh, you know, overall fun week of football. Um, South Carolina, Tennessee was, was really the headliner and the shocker there as Tennessee kind of, you expect them to beat down South Carolina, the lowly, lowly Florida uh, crushed South Carolina the week before, and then South Carolina crushes Tennessee the week after, while Florida's getting beat by Vanderbilt. <laughs> so you'd have no idea what to expect there. Now Tennessee goes in without Hennon Hooker, which which really sucks for his Heisman chances and and the great season, all the momentum Tennessee's building up. Now they go in, I think, at Vanderbilt this week. It's going to be a sleepy game there for Tennessee, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think that's it in terms of players that I had to kind of talk about here. Great, great game of – or great lineup of games this week. All right. You ready to go again? Um, let's do it. All right. So if you guys take a look down here, you see that I just changed my name back. I did, it was Matt Krampus Knowles for the first half of this. I was on a I was on a podcast the other night for uh for a, a a Christmas horror anthology that we're in, and everybody changed their names to something Christmasier horror like, and I just realized it was still on here. So if you guys are wondering what the heck that was about, that was a leftover from a previous past. So now it's Matt Knowles and Doctor Anguish. All right. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, a reference there. I did not even uh, did not even realize it was there, man. I've been under weather for the last couple of days, uh, so uh, yeah, it just took me till you know forty minutes into this podcast or whatever it is to realize that that was there. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some uh, some other thoughts that we had. So, um, Virginia Virginia Tech uh, is canceled officially for this week. Uh, it's fallout again from um, from the shootings uh, that happened on the Virginia campus. Um, tough tough break for the guys at Virginia Tech. That was their senior night. And uh, senior or senior night gets canceled, so they've had they're gonna have to come up with another way to be able to recognize their seniors. But there are bigger things in the world than, than senior night. Um, 
one thing that you guys might wonder is what's going to happen when we are done with this podcast. We still have other things to talk about. Um, as far as rankings, you guys definitely want to get to who we have in our in our rankings for this week. But you may be wondering what the heck we're going to do when this uh, when the, this week is over. Are you guys still going to be running shows? Um, are we going to? Are you just going to be missing us for the next six months or whatever it may be? Yeah, we're still going to run some podcasts. There's some things we can do in the off season. But the most uh, current thing we're going to do is we're going to run the first annual CFB Dynasty Bowl Pick'em um, that's going to be open to anyone. It can be you. It can be your coworkers. It can be uh, whatever it may be. Um, bring your friends. Bring your family. Um, and we're just going to have fun. We're going to um, do a bowl pick'em. We're going to be able to have that be the thing we're going to talk about, uh, the performances that happened in those bowls as, as we're moving forward. And uh, the person who gets the top score in that is going to get a Brian. You want to tell me? You want me to tell him? Go for it, dude. They are going to you. Whoever wins is going to get a free subscription to CFBDynasty.com for the 2023 season. Obviously, if myself or BMAC win, uh, then it's going to go down to the next person in line that's not affiliated with CFBDynasty.com or the podcast. But uh, whoever is the top point getter is going to uh, do that. So let's have fun with this. If you're on the Discord, so share it around. We're going to make sure that everybody knows the, the site we're going to use. We're not sure which site it's going to be yet but it probably is going to be like ESPN. Um, but we'll make sure that everybody knows so we can have fun with that. We want to get as many of you guys in there so we can all have fun together and go from there. Yeah, man. Sounds great. Uh, looking forward to it. I did one with Zach Tao last year, and I know on the the Burning the Red Shirt pod, they'll be doing that too. And we'll have plenty of stuff coming up in the offseason. I can't wait to probably, oh, I don't know if it's, I'll start it probably over Christmas break and whatnot doing the, 2023 rankings and getting that done we're gonna have the portal season that's gonna be wild so we'll have portal rankings and all kinds of different things that will start building up for 2023 a year where gordy will have his face all over my wall with x's on them and i, I can't it. wait <laughs> i love it so hey before we get to news and notes before we get to rankings i got a question for you bmac so looking at your team in CFB dynasty. Tell me who you think was your most impressive player, the player that you got the most out of this year and the player that was the most disappointing. Mm. Who is the, who are those two players and why? Uh, disappointing is easy. Kayshawn Boutte. Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons he is disappointing is because it's the pronunciation or pronunciation of his name changed to booty and that's fine, but I hate when that changes. <laughs> um, so these expect these broadcasters to get it right. Um, him, he was a big disappointment, and Tyrone Tracy as well, and Eric Gilbert. You know, three talented players, big disappointments. And hopefully at least two of those guys will get over to my NFL squad here pretty soon. And Zach Evans kind of was hurt all year long, and – you see all the success Judkins is having at Ole Miss. If that was Zach Evans having that success, which it easily could have been, um, you know, that would have been fantastic. I would say, uh, who am I most pleased with? Um, Chase Brown. He was one that I was early on all in the off season. We had him ranked higher than everyone else. And it's just kind of one of those follow the coach things. I also I wish I would have bet the over on the win total for Illinois because I had a great feeling about, you know, when you have a team that's really, really good in terms of understanding that their identity um, and Brett Bielema's great at building a great O-line and running the ball and they feature one running back. Um, I felt great about that. I, I wish I would have even ranked him higher, even though we had him higher than everyone else. And we posted about him in the offseason. He was a sleeper. Everyone should have targeted. And he was already on my team at that point. But, um, yeah, man, he, he killed it. He was very consistent all year. Um, if I only would have started him against Michigan, I'd be able to start him this week against Northwestern. But, so uh, what, are you, what are you most excited about, about the guys you have on your squad? What's, what's, got, what's got you with some hope for 2023 about your roster? In terms of players that are coming back, um, got Xavier Worthy. Um, 
You know, I like that. Will Shipley. I don't know where we're going to have him ranked in the 2023 rankings. I don't really know what's going to happen with Clemson at quarterback. Like, will DJU transfer to get a fresh start, or will he stick it out and will struggle through this quarterback conundrum again next year? Um, man, that's up in the air. And I think the way Clemson finishes their season against South Carolina and eventually a bowl game or potentially a playoff game will uh, will determine that. But yeah, I think Shipley will be a top 10 running back. If Chase Brown comes back for his senior year, he'll be a top three or four running back. And then um, Singleton, um, you know, that one's going to be a running back share all the way. But you look at Drew Aller and him taking over next year, he likes to run the ball too. And he's a, a big guy. So I don't know if, if Singleton is going to be who we wanted him to be going into the season, kind of seeing him take over as carries, get great practice reports and, and just hearing about how good he is. And he is so good, but Catron Allen also is really good. Uh, a really good running back who's going to take take some of his own drives and you know not give way on the goal line that kind of stuff. Yeah, on my team, you? my team was very disappointing this year. It was very frustrating because um, coming out of last season, I had an inordinate amount of players. I think I had six wide receivers, seven wide receivers, uh, either graduate or go uh, go to the pros early. So my wide receiver room was completely cleared out. Uh, in the draft, I tried to um, to to fill in my wide receiver room didn't really work out the way that I wanted. I, I got some good players, uh, Malachi Corley. Um, I got, uh, I got um, Chris Thornton. Um, but my first round pick was uh, Cedric Tillman. And hey, guys are going to get injured. But when your first round pick, who's a high NFL prospect, is out for the whole season, that pretty much threw my entire yeah. team into turmoil. Um, quarterbacks, I had a, a rough, a rough season at quarterback as far as uh, with Bachmeyer uh, transferring, Devin Leary being out for the year. Uh, luckily, I had Frank Harris there, but I definitely did not have the depth that I wanted. Um, the thing that I was uh, most disappointed in um, were the running backs that stayed on my team. Um, uh, you look at someone like Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson had an unbelievable bowl game last year, and it looked like that was going to be a catalyst for him to actually get some kind of, I'm not going to say a full-time share with Bijan Robinson, but maybe some carries. <laughs> And, um, and Roshan Johnson has been completely invisible this year and was a waste of a roster spot. He didn't do anything for me all year. Very frustrated. Had a lot of other guys that transferred, Chaz Malusi transferred, uh, Jared Broussard, uh, just were not, just were not what you, uh, what you wanted him to be. Chaz Malusi didn't transfer this year. I'm just saying he was just not the guy that you wanted him to be. Uh, you thought he was going to be, um, the thing I am the most excited about on my team though is some of my freshman running backs. I made sure that this year I loaded up on as many young running backs as I could. Some of them I hit on, some of them like Omari and Hampton for this season I missed on, but having Austin Genty and um, and uh, also having uh, Damian Martinez from Oregon State, I feel like that could be the, the core of my team going into next year. So hopefully I can build around those guys with the obscene number of draft picks and the obscene number of people I'm going to have to fill in for next year. Yeah, our league is harder than most where you can only pick up three players a year. You can also only drop three players a year. So you you get dead weight on the roster and you've got to find creative ways to get rid of it. Because really, you see it in a when you get closer to the playoffs and or even midseason when players are starting to get hurt, bye weeks are happening. Um, you've only got seven running back spots and you can start three of them. So if two of them are backups and you know two of them are hurt, you got problems. So um, that's one of those things where you've got to find a creative way to make some trades. You got to get rid of some of this stuff, Malusi or Hampton. Um, well, luckily, yeah, some of those guys are going to be, uh, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be finding ways off my roster or trades. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, yeah. I will say this, the, the biggest mistake I made all year, and I hate to say it because I really like LaDamian Webb, but as far as this season went, but Damian Webb was probably the most frustrating because he either did nothing, was injured, or had like a 40-point game. There was no in-between <laughs> for Damian Webb, and I picked him up over Israel Abanacanda, and that is probably my mo most regretted move this year was not picking up Abanacanda um, and picking up Damian Webb in his, in his spot because we all know Abanacanda set the Pittsburgh rushing record, beat out Tony Dorsett 
for single game rushing. Um, he's a guy that's got a huge future out there. It doesn't mean Damian Webb doesn't have a future, but uh, Banda Kanda, I think, has got is the real deal. Yeah. So October first for Webb, October first through the end of the season, he goes 15 fantasy points, then 0.7, then 2.6, then 35, then 48, then eight. <laughs> uh rough man yeah, yeah it's 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 hard to find those but you got to find the guys that that get consistent carries and then you have like a backfield like niu where you know they've got whaley they've got ontario brown and then they're starting to work in this freshman near the end of the season and it's just frustrating sometimes when they get hot and they go off they'll go off for three or four touchdowns and put up 40 fantasy points um, but then they also could get eight carries for 12 yards the next game and someone else takes off. Um, those are definitely the spots to avoid. You know, if you're in best ball, it's different. But in a standard league or especially one like ours where you're limited on pickups and, and drops, um, you got to avoid those kind of situations. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Like I said, I think we're gonna have to have some serious talks about how to to try and mitigate um, what's going on with the transfer portal and people just not wanting to play at the end of the season. I don't know if there was much we can do without compromising our rosters, but we definitely are interested in hearing what other leagues are doing as well. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, like moves do have to be made in a in a league like ours where it's really strict. So yeah. we'll figure that out. Um, well, with that with that being said, we know that if you're listening to this podcast, there is probably one of two reasons. One, you're just a fan, but two, you might be still in your championship and you want to get some information about what's happening out there so you can make informed decisions. That's what CFBDynasty.com is about. So let's go to the news and notes. News and notes. All right. So, uh, so big updates. So Penn state wide receiver Parker Washington did not travel for the game last weekend. Announced he's out for the season with an undisclosed injury. So um, next you got Mitchell Tinsley. Uh, but after that, the wide receivers are Harrison Wallace and Keandre Lambert-Smith. So uh, definitely a big hit there for the Penn State wide receiver core. A uh, huge hit for Iowa. Sam Laporta was not on the depth chart on Monday after leaving the game last weekend with a lower body injury. Laporta has been one of the most consistent tight ends. He's not been one of those top twos. Um but he has definitely probably been in the top five or six as far as consistency this year at the tight end position. So if uh, Sam Laporta is not there for Iowa, that's going to be a big hit. Uh, could That could be the difference in a championship game if you have him on your roster. Ohio, Curtis Rourke reportedly done for the season um, in pregame on Tuesday. Uh, that's rough for them. C.J. Harris got the start. Um, did not have the greatest game as far as passing went, but he did have three rushing touchdowns. So he might be able to help a team in this uh, championship run uh, ball state running back. Carson Steele left the game after being put in concussion protocols. Uh, that's another huge one. Carson Steele has been winning games for people right and left at the end of the season and having him go out early is definitely, I know that definitely cost some people some games. Uh, let's see here. We had some uh, transfer portal information at the end of the season. Uh, Trey Sanders for Alabama. Grant DeBose, Charlotte, Anthony Queeley, Syracuse, Taylor Thompson, Charlotte. So Charlotte's got two guys on their passing attack that have decided they want to get into uh, into the portal. You know, that's so crazy that you have to think about that kind of stuff from a fantasy point of view. Not only do you have that four-game redshirt rule, and now you have people just sitting out because they're about to enter the portal at the end of the year. There's a lot, a lot to go in, a lot to think about in the offseason in terms of how we handle the playoff, how we handle all of these things. Cause it's, uh, it's so different than it was just three years ago. Yeah. Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. So uh, let's see here. So Malik, you know what, you know what else, you know, what else made my weekend suck? What What else made your weekend suck? Tell me. They postponed the the video game NCAA. Now they're saying 2024. I was going to ask you about that because I knew that uh, I know it's been a big deal. They postponed the video game. What do you guys, if you guys aren't, have you guys haven't heard about this? NCR EA sports has postponed the game out of tw- summer of 2024. So that's a long ways out. Yeah. So we can talk about that. I was planning on that being part of our off season content, but we'll stick to stick to fantasy then for now. Yikes. So uh, Malik Cunningham for Louisville remains day to day. I can tell you that, 
Louisville didn't need him last week. I mean, maybe it's because my team just decided they didn't really want to come out and play. But uh, Malik Cunningham was not even needed in that LSU beatdown of NC State. Um, Adrian Martinez is going to be out this week for Kansas State. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, SMU, says he's going to be uh, going pro after this season. That's not uh, not a surprise. Uh, but, yeah, so if he's on your college roster, do not be planning on uh, him doing anything for you next year. you got to get yourself a replacement. So you got uh, Stone there, though. Yeah. We talked about earlier about how NC State could potentially have its fourth starting quarterback in Ben Finley uh, this week. Uh, Ben Finley, if you saw the game, he took a huge shot when he was completely wide open at the end of the game. Um, So he left the game. Uh, He he did come back in, but he definitely was was feeling it. Um, I don't even know who the fifth string quarterback is for NC State. I think that it would be um, that it would be. um, um, Man, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Thayer Thomas. Yeah, Thayer Thomas would probably be the emergency quarterback. We, we are so far down the depth chart. I just hope we can uh, have a good game against UNC. It'd be nice if we have a game like last year. That would be uh, that would be awesome. Uh, Bo Nix says his ankle's feeling better um, and better than it did a week ago. Um, Dorian Robin, or Thompson Robinson was practicing uh, with his right hand wrapped. You never want to see that out of a quarterback with a hand injury. Um, Vanderbilt says their depth chart is Mike Wright or AJ Swan, you never really want to see an or thing at quarterback because you know if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, especially in fantasy. Um, the the news and notes has got let's see West Virginia Garrett Green says he's going to start again this week. So let's get down to some uh, get down to some running back action. Uh, Keon Clay for Southern Myth is Miss is going to be held out this week specifically just to preserve his red shirt. Not that he's somebody that would be in your uh, in your lineup. But this is another one of those things that comes into the end of the year. You may have a guy that's already uh, used his four games, uh, may not play just because so we can keep that red shirt going. Kelvin Dean from FAU is going to enter the transfer portal. Let's see here. Kendra Miller, TCU, practiced Tuesday after leaving the game last week. Um, South Carolina, Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Beale Smith were quote unquote out there at practice, which means they sound a little bit limited. Um, Carson Steele. Uh, they expect him to uh, be okay after last week's situation. Let's see here. Real quick, what else do we got here? Pat Bryant, Illinois, practiced on Tuesday after a concussion. Florida State, Micah Pittman um, and Johnny Wilson are both expected to be available this week. Quentin Johnson, TCU, limited a practice to start the week. Um, already talked about Sam Laporta, confirmed to be out this week. Um Wake Forest, Donovan Green, Jamal Banks, both limited to practice on Tuesday after leaving the game Saturday with injuries. Status is going to be to be determined for this week. That is about it, unless you've got anything special or specific on your side, BMAC. Nope, nope, that's good for me. So with that being said, let's take our final look at the rankings for championship week in college fantasy football for 2022. All right, let me share the screen for everyone who's on YouTube. Um, If not, you can view this kind of logged in. I did want to mention, in addition to some of the other content stuff we'll be doing differently with the podcast, working on some off-season stuff, uh, you know, 2023 rankings, all that stuff, kind of recap. As we get into recruiting season, we'll look at, like, last year's recruiting class too and kind of see all right how good did some of these top recruits do fantasy wise and who do we want to target going into the new year um based on teams that they're on we'll be looking at transfer spots and all that stuff but also we're pushing out some highlight videos so check those out comment like subscribe on youtube that really helps everything out um in terms of algorithms and getting things going we really uh minimalistic on that end right now so help us out there little like little subscribe that helps a a million so uh i've got the rankings pulled up on the screen here i don't think this guy's been number one but he's been so hot um every week the last three weeks raising his um you know for the year fantasy points per game average um clayton tune for houston playing against tulsa which um you know, expected to be a, a big shootout. There's not a ton of like 70-some point uh, over-unders this week. 
Um, but yeah, Clayton Tune and T- uh, Tulsa are close. So last three weeks, 74, 38, 44 uh, in terms of fantasy points. So you love that for Clayton Tune. Super hot going into a game where T- uh, Houston should put up 40. I think uh, Caleb Williams at number two is very interesting. I'm very interested to hear why you got Caleb Williams at number two. Against Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a shutdown beatdown against Boston College last week. Obviously, Boston College is not USC, but this is <laughs> right. kind of like the uh, unstoppable uh, object versus immovable force. Um, you know, so the the data believes that Caleb Williams is going to be over to overcome Notre Dame's shutdown defense. Uh, tell us a little bit more about why Caleb Williams is up here at number two. Yeah, so I was surprised too, honestly, to see that. And and going into next year with the rankings that we'll have, you know, you and I and probably someone else will be pushing out our rankings, our individual rankings, but it's going to be the algorithm that ranks these things. And I try and basically do that on a week to week basis here with, with this. So I was surprised to see, you know, the projected score to be 34, 28. That makes me think, all right, uh, USC is going to have a lot of success and their success is going to come throwing the ball or running it with Caleb Williams. Um, so I think he's a really consistent start. And then I, I look at it another way too. If you've got Caleb Williams on your roster, you know, who, who would you start over him this week? Would you feel good starting someone else over him? And no, uh, I, I, no, I like, I like Williams this week and uh, Notre Dame's got a really good defense, but hasn't faced, um, you know, a passing attack like this one in quite a while this year. Since yeah, the great some- Ohio state, I guess. There's some other names up here that we've seen throughout the season. Drake May um, against NC State. I don't even know what's going on with NC State. It's all going to be about who actually plays in that game. It's a big rivalry game, uh, but who knows what the outcome of that game is going to be. Bo yep. Nicks, Oregon versus Oregon State. Um, but I really like uh, who we've got at five and eight. You got Frank Harris, UTSA versus UTEP. Big battle in Texas. And you got Austin Reed, Western Kentucky versus Florida Atlantic. For whatever reason, I feel like those two games are going to be just way, way above. I, If I was a betting man, I would bet way over the point spread. I feel like those games are just going to be complete shootouts with no defense, and that could uh, bode very well for fantasy performances. Uh, what do you think about having Frank Harris and Austin Reed both in the top eight in those matchups? Yeah, yeah, I like them there. John Reese Plumley is another one. Uh, UCF is at South Florida. That's another rivalry game, so you got to – kind of be a little bit careful in these rivalry games but i love that rivalry rivalry week is the uh the fantasy championship week because it makes it uh that much more fun so yeah they're projected to score 44 and um he's been hot or cold the last two weeks though y'all so 40 points in week 11 five last week so uh that one's gonna be it's a tough one to start him, but I think he's a really good top ten start. We got him at tenth. And if you're if you're in the fantasy championship, you should not you hopefully you're not starting a quarterback outside the top ten. Right. But I think two very interesting matchups just outside the top ten. Shevin Cordero for San Jose State. They're bringing Hawaii in. Cordero was the starting quarterback at Hawaii. This is going to be the first time he gets mm, to face Hawaii. First time he gets to face his old team after the mass exodus at Hawaii last season. So that could be a big game for him because he wants to go show his old team what's up. And then you've got Todd Centio, James Madison versus Coastal Carolina. Uh, this is going to be a big matchup in that area. Two teams from very similar uh, spots geographically. James Madison, their first time playing that game um, as a member of FBS. So I think that's going to be interesting as well. So again, I am not advocating to start either one of those guys. I'm just saying as a college football fan, those are probably going to be two very interesting games to watch this week. Man, absolutely, yeah. And uh, a lot of good good rivalry matchups. It's going to be fun um, to kind of see how these games pan out because it's one of those things where you kind of expect the unexpected. Um, and if you rode somebody like C.J. Stroud all year at quarterback, do you start him against Michigan? Last year, didn't work out for Ohio State. Um We'll see if Ohio State has toughened up over the course of, you know, 365 days, if they're able to stop that rushing attack or slow it down at least enough to uh, get everything going. Going to be some fun matchups, of course. And it's spread out. Like, you got games that already played. You got a ton of games. You got games Thursday. You got a ton of games Friday. And, of course, Saturday, too. 
So let's roll on down here to the running backs. The guy at number one, we talked about him a lot last week. Um, absolutely just crushing it, crushing it at the end of the season. Zach Charbonnet for UCLA. Uh, he is absolutely a fantasy season killer. If you play against him, you're probably not going to be feeling very good about the end result because he has just been crushing it. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Texas. Um you know, Quinshawn Judkins, Mississippi, Deuce Vaughn, Kansas State, all from Power 5 schools. But then you got Dwayne McBride from UAB jumping up in there. This is the end of the season where you get some of these big matchups in a group of five. You've got Dwayne McBride versus Louisiana Tech at number three. What do you think about him jumping up in there between all these other Power 5 schools? Yeah, he, he's been so consistent all year. If you look at um, his points per game. He's he's great. He's the feature of the UAB offense. Last week was kind of a, a rough week for him, scoring 10.5, but he was playing at LSU. Um, so it's one of those hard choices that terrible matchup, great player. Do you play him in the playoffs? And uh, we had him down in our rankings last week, but he's right back up this week. Yeah, he is actually the only group of five running back in the top 12 that uh, is, uh, yeah, like I said, group of five running back top 12. Everybody else is power five, and almost all of them are in their rivalry matchups. Zay yep. um, Valade, Arizona State versus Arizona. Um, Abanacanda is not really in a rivalry matchup, but Pitt in Miami uh, that's a, has a chance for that to be a massive game if he plays. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Jameer Gibbs, Alabama, and Auburn. Is there anybody in that top of the, of the uh, charts that really sticks out to you as somebody you want to make sure that the uh, – the fantasy listeners out there take notice of been expecting a, a breakout game from Shipley for Clemson. Cause they have all the pieces there um, and they lack the explosiveness at quarterback. Um, so man, I, I really, he's one of those wild cards where it's all year he's been really consistent, you know, between like 14 to 22 fantasy points. And you just expect, one of these games, he's going to bust a couple or return a kick for a touchdown. Uh, I like Shipley a lot against South Carolina. Um, that can be that's going to be another super fun game to watch. All right, so let's roll down here to the wide receivers. Last time we get to talk about wide receivers all year. Top of the list is Tank Dell, who's had an incredible season. We've already talked about Houston and Tulsa, uh, Rasheed Rice, SMU versus Memphis. Already been there. Probably, I would say, a wide receiver three. Probably the guy that came out of nowhere because of injury, and he really was the next man up, Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee. Um, but will uh, he do that without Hooker this week? Yeah, that's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. Without Hendon Hooker at Tennessee, I guess that's something that should be covered. News and notes out for the year with his injury. Um, who knows what's going to happen? This could be uh, this could be Tillman's week because you never know. Who knows? When you have a different quarterback, who knows what that quarterback's going to be comfortable with? They could be more comfortable with a wide receiver that's not even on the board. You yep. never know what's going to happen when you have a quarterback switch. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I, I downgraded him a little bit. The data would have him as the number one receiver this week. Um, uh, him or Tank Dell, they're, they're like neck and neck. But with Milton at quarterback, um, man, I just don't know how comfortable you feel going into the championship matchup. Tennessee's projected to score 40. It's not like Vanderbilt's a great team or anything. Um, but you just feel a little leery uh, rolling out Milton as the quarterback. And, and, you know, that's one of the things to talk about, you know, would you feel comfortable with in a championship game? I always kind of ride with the, you know, you don't want to overthink it. You want to ride with the guys that got you there, you know. And if I lose a championship game because my – starter has a bad game and I have a guy on the bench that I normally wouldn't play that has a big matchup, a big, a big performance. I can kind of roll with that. But if I make that switch and I overthink it, I don't follow the data and I put a guy in hoping he's going to have a big matchup and he sucks. And my guy that I started all year has a big matchup on the bench or a big performance on the bench. That's when I, I have a problem. That's when I can't, I can't stomach it. Cause I'm like, why did I make that move? So if you're out there, I would say the same thing. If you're listening to that, I'd say the same thing. Don't overthink it. Trust the data. Yeah, you're going to have some guys that may be a little bit lower on the um, on the, the rankings that you might want to put in there. But um, like, like BMAC said, you know, if, if you've got a guy that's been consistently performing well all year, um, are you going to feel more comfortable starting a guy that's at wide receiver 19 or quarterback 20 
over your guy that got you to that dance in the first place. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anybody, anybody else on the wide receiver side that you want to talk about? A lot of the names up here are guys that we've talked about all year. I think Demario Douglas from Liberty is probably the only one whose name we haven't really mentioned much. And he's a wide receiver 11. Yep. And he's been good lately. Um, he's hot. Keelan Stokes has dropped a little bit with the backup quarterback getting starts there. And that at Houston game, they should score some touchdowns, but, uh, and he's a, he's a feature, but it's another one you feel less good about uh, than you would have hoped to going into the championship game because of that quarterback situation there. Um, Chris Thornton had a couple good games in a row. Now you feel pretty good about them playing against coastal. Um, and then you've got those Ohio state receivers that everyone rode all year long up into the championship game and they're playing Michigan. So some tough matchups for the receivers this week, I feel like, um, we'll see how some of these go. Um, Josh Downs had a weird down week last week, um, with Drake may, but, uh, expect to bounce back against NC state, but it's one of the better defenses they've, they've faced all year long. Yeah, and that one's going to be about, you know, who all plays for the NC State defense. If they have their full team out there, um, it, it could be a fun game. And that's always a great game, no matter how good or how bad either team is. I mean, you want to talk about a hated rivalry. Uh, both of our teams are in, in two of the, the most heated, hated rivalries, Florida, Florida State, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Um, those are not just, hey, we don't like them because they are the other team in the state. There is like legitimate, legitimate hatred uh, for for political reasons, for on campus reasons. And when you get deep down into it, the hatred between those those schools are strong, and uh, so you never know what's going to happen when you get onto the onto the football field. And uh, when you get to setting your lineup here, so this our goal here is to provide an elite tool set. So that kind of shifted, and from just we're going to provide rankings, we're going to do it every week, we're going to do it in the preseason and and whatnot. Yes, we're going to provide you with the draft kit. And then the in-season set of tools that we're building and working towards for next August is to help you have all the information to set the lineup. But it's it's not it's not all about just the data. You see in my mistake with uh, Chase Brown this past week, there's a feel to it too. And there's like understanding all the context which the, the data should give you all the context. But uh, you kind of rule out some of that stuff with Rivalry Week, as uh, Matt was saying. And uh, use the tool, but set the lineup um, appropriately because you're all going to have different choices than just everyone in one set. All right, so that is the rankings for the final week of the season. Uh, BMAC, are we going to run rankings just for the fun of it during bowl season so we can see what uh, how that goes in the bowl season? Uh, potentially. Yeah. I'm working on that a little bit with, uh, Zach Tao right now for his kind of bowl pick em thing that we'll use on ours. Um, okay. so possibly, I'm not sure if we'll do it like this and produce it, but, um, that's something we can do if, if people request it. Um, and then we'll need to get on that here pretty soon, but yeah, as soon as bowl matchups are done and, and, set the the game start kind of quickly so that's potentially something we can put together um but yeah man i'm i'm looking forward to that i'm it's like uh this is the very end of the regular season we've got one more piece of content to produce and that's the dfs uh rankings for next week or i mean sorry for this week for friday um so we'll get that posted uh either thursday or friday and then um it's just like a breath of fresh air. It's like I switch into off season, Brian, and I'm focused on building everything up for all the way to draft season. So looking forward to doing that with everybody and with you on the pod, because uh, it's something we haven't done um, consistently until this season. All right. So that is the final look at the rankings for this season. Uh, you want to make sure if you are not subscribed to cbdynasty.com, you want to make sure you get up there and you do it so that way you can get the information in the offseason. You can prepare yourself for the draft. I can tell you right now that uh, having the information for your draft next year is going to be the thing that is going to 
help you to be one step above those other guys that are just drafting out of the Phil Steele magazine. <laughs> then again, you got guys like Gordy that draft off of Abacus that, that are that are in the championship. But uh, you know, it's gonna be gonna be a great offseason. We're gonna have fun with the uh, college bowl pick on the CFP Dynasty first annual. Uh, we're trying to want everybody in there. If you're on Discord, it's gonna be free. We're not gonna charge you guys anything to do this. Just get up there. Let's have fun together. Uh, let's let's end the season out on a bang and let's compete against one another and see who's got the best uh, best game predictions. Um, Sounds that, great, man. That being said, BMAC for the final time this year, who is your brisket lock for this championship <clears throat> yeah. week? We talked about him. We talked about why Will Shipley, um, give him a run. He's going to help you get your uh, your championship. Will Shipley, that's going to be interesting. Hopefully he plays more than a quarter and a half this week because that was that <laughs> I know, of, I know. And they're working in That was Kobe frustrating last week. Pace. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's it, I think that that's all we got for the week. We really appreciate you guys listening all season. Like we said, there will be an off-season version of this after we go through the bowl season, but we want you guys to hang with us for bowl season. Uh, we want you guys to go up there and join the Discord, be a part of the Discord. We can still be talking about things in the off-season. We could talk about recruiting day or uh, signing day, early signing day, bowl season, late signing day, transfer portal. There's so many things we can talk about, but we need you guys to be there so we can interact with you. Be back if that's what you, if that's all we got for today. Let's take them out. That's it. See you. Appreciate it, guys. All right. My name is Matt Knowles. That's Brian McCulloch. This is the CFP Dynasty Podcast. See you.